This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to No No Never podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and this week we are looking back at that deserved point. Should it have been three? It was only a point away at the city ground for Knott's Forest. We are of course going to be talking about those key controversial points. Was it a handball? Was it a red card? Should we Pirates have come away with their first win of the season? Well it wasn't to be and we are here to talk you through that. We also look at the impact that some of our old guard players had coming back into the game and what was now going to happen losing Lyle Foster for three games. So without further ado, here we go. So let's get cracking. I am, of course, joined in the studio by Rich Steele, our regular panellist. Rich, welcome back to the show. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Hello, viewers. Good, thank you. Good to And finally, earning his supper. It's been a while for a bit. It's been skyving. We've dragged resident FPL expert and regular panellist, well, irregular panellist, Adam Dennett, into the studio as well. Hi, Adam. Nice to meet you. Join us. Hello. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be talking about real football rather than uh, the fantasy stuff for a change. <laughs> well, we do keep telling you to come on, but you're always busy. So we've had to drag you on tonight and say, oi, come on, come and earn your keep. Um, lots to talk about. And we are obviously um, in a very good shape because both of you were at the city ground last night, uh, seeing things in live action and reacting in the ground. Um, as and sat to... next to each other. And sat next to each other. We had a yeah, real life. So it was nice, yeah. And, uh, so, what I, about all the I material that you should have sent me last night of you two together? Well, sorry, but yeah, I'm I'm bad with that. Yeah, Adam elbowed me straight in the nose when the second goal went in, and it was all for nothing. So I thought you were joking about this. Did this what? actually happen? Yeah, yeah, straight bang, straight <laughs> in the nose. Yeah, Jamie, I'm not joking. Yeah, I think so, that's where I got like, the idea from. My nose was running for like until like all the evening. So do <laughs> I wonder why you left so quickly afterwards. I know, I'm not surprised. Do we need to send that footage to Statman Dave and get him to rule on whether we... Listen, if there's VAR, if there's VAR, Adam's getting sent <laughs> off and he's banned for the United game. That's it, we're going to give Adam a three-match ban from... Uh, three a three-episode ban from the from yeah. episode. I love it. Okay, well, let's... <laughs> what a start. Let's make a start then. And I think I'm just going to... We, we know what we're going to talk about. Of course, we know what we're going to talk about. Um, so, but I want to concentrate on some of the positives before we get into 
our annoyance at certain decisions that were made last night and certain actions as well. Um, it's not all hard done by, uh, we saw two sides of the coin last night. Um, Clarets, of course, they got off, a, off to a flying start again, um, scoring early, relatively early, um, and going ahead. And we managed to get a point on the board drawing away at Forest. It takes us off the bottom of the table and gets our first points on the board. And it uh, should have been three, but it, you know, let's not dwell on that for now. Um, but there were changes to the squad. There were changes to where we played. There were changes to the starting lineup. There was a change in the um, where we pressed and the line that we drew when we were playing. Um, reliance on some of the old guard as well, just to uh, tighten up that performance. Um, let's come to you first, Rich. I think despite a challenging start, so I think for the first 20 minutes, I was starting to feel like our season's not going as well as we hoped it were if we weren't getting the better of Forest here. Um, turned out to be a spectacular performance by the Clarets and one we should be hugely encouraged by. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought you summed it up well. The first 20 minutes, we were sloppy on the ball, kept giving the ball away. We seemed a little bit... Sorry, we seemed a little bit nervy. And, you know, if we conceded in that first 20 minutes, it would have been a case of, oh, you know, the same's happened again. You know, yeah. we're a little bit architects of our own downfall. But at the same time, you've got to take the rough with the smooth a little bit. Um, you know, when we do play that way, you know, me and Adam were just saying, you know, the pace of the Premier League, you know, is so much faster. You know, when you when when you've got the ball at the back in the midfield, you you don't get the same time no. as you do with the Championship. Uh, I don't know if it come across that way on the TV, but the atmosphere is absolutely electric. I've got to say, it was the best atmosphere I've been involved in a while from home and away fans. Um, your hair's looking lovely, by the way, Natalie. The you know just. Grooming it Do you know what? I so I knew full well. Me, but it, it's looking lovely. I'm so sorry, but I knew I didn't have a chance to brush it before I came on air, and I knew full well when I was doing that edit that I was going to put you on a standalone camera so that you didn't see me. And I was just completely busting me to all of our listeners. Carry on, talk about the football, ignore my hair. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great atmosphere anyway. <laughs> uh, and I, and I said to Adam, you know, in a lot of football games, especially away from home. Keep it tight for the tw first 20 minutes. The crowd naturally subdues a little bit. You know, the opposition team and only the home team, you know, they can't keep the same intensity up. And slowly but surely, you know, we grew into the game, we grew into the game. You know, we kept feeding the ball to Colly Osho, who first half yesterday was absolutely so electric. Mm. Uh, you know, a 19-year-old kid and, you know, he he's getting better and better. You know, when we all signed him, we kind of thought, well, he'll be in and around the squad. Might played under 23s and whatnot. There wasn't a lot of fanfare. And by God, he's exciting. That front three we've got in Foster and Dooney, or we did have last night, and Collie Ocho, you know, they really they couldn't cope with them. Um, like I said, and, you know, we you know we grew into the game and I thought it was a really good performance. Um, away from the VAR, you know, we probably we should have won. But uh, overall, um, I actually felt a point was a fair result. I thought yeah. it was a really good team. Uh, sorry, I thought it was a really good game. Two teams wanted to win. I thought attacks were better than defences for both teams. Not quite, you know, maybe a little bit of lack of cutting edge in the final third from both teams. And that's the, probably the difference in playing your likes of Forest and, you know, maybe your Tottenham's and maybe your real yeah. elite sides in the Premier League is that you don't maybe get punished as much. But, you know, I don't want to talk too much about you know, every aspect of the game. And I think bringing in, you know, he likes a Brownhill, Taylor, you know, we didn't quite press as high. We didn't quite press as aggressively at times. You know, we stayed in a better shape. 
you know, so I think uh, we had a lot more balance to the side with still having an, an attacking threat. You know, fair play to companies, obviously wanting to play this way of, you know, kind of a centre-back, a, 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 you know, a full-back and really pressing high. And I think he's had to swallow his pride and his ego a little bit and go back to basics. So fair play to company as well last night. Yeah, definitely. So, no, that, that's a really that's a really good introduction. Um, there's a lot of points in there that obviously we do need we do need to cover, but I think you, you've covered there pretty much how most of us were, were thinking. I definitely, Adam, had some nervousness about the game last night just because it was the first fixture of the season where it wasn't a free pass for us. It wasn't a, oh, well, it doesn't matter if we lose these, we're going to lose anyway. It was a game that if we'd have lost, starts eating into that bank of winnable games that you have to try and start clawing your points and you need to get 10 wins in the Premier League if you're going to survive not many sides survive if they don't get those 10 wins um as it turned out a point away from home I think was a really good point and the result is a far worse result for Forest than it is for us if you do think that Forest will flirt with the bottom of the table for most of the season they need to be winning their home games against the sides around them that they consider to be winnable games. So that's two points dropped for them. I think if that had been at Turf more, we'd have been annoyed that we didn't win. Um, and I think that, I don't know whether or not you felt the same, Adam, in terms of getting more confidence that we can compete with the bottom half sides of the division. Yeah, I think we um, we went into the season hoping that we would be able to and like you said I think that Luton uh, the Luton game being postponed uh, has obviously made it a lot more difficult for us uh, to judge after the first three three games where we've said about company experimenting this is the first time where you looked at the lineup and I think everyone was in agreement that you could see what he was trying to do yeah and and it you I felt confident for the first time obviously yeah, the opposition helps that um, but yeah, I think the performance were, I've come out of the game a lot more confident than than I went into it. Um, we, I think Forrest, yeah, they got the, the, they might be disappointed with a point at the end of the day, but I don't think they can argue with it on the balance of play and, and obviously the, the decision at the end. And given that they've gone and got a bit of a bonus win away at Chelsea, that probably evens itself out a bit and they'll be, I think they'll be all right. They've, um, They've got they've got a lot more depth in the squad than they had last year, and I think there's definitely three worse sides than them. But yeah, we we were we were excellent. Um, Taylor, um, just what everyone wanted. Well, really, stick, stick with him, Adam, because that's where I was going to next. I was going to yeah, keep you I on think, this to talk um, about Taylor. It was the decision we all wanted, wasn't it? We've all been we knew that we messed up with our left back. We knew that we put all of our eggs in a Matson shaped basket, which just didn't pay off. And there was some frustration among Burnley fans that, fine, these things happen. We shouldn't have left it to the last minute. We shouldn't have, you know, not had a plan B, but we did. At least don't compound that problem by playing square at pegs in round holes. So you, you, did you get from Charlie Taylor what we hoped we would do, putting him back in? Oh, absolutely. It were um, typical Charlie Taylor performance, other than he's not got the licence to bomb down the wing and swing horrible crosses in anymore. Uh, but yeah, solid, <laughs> solid as ever. Um, <laughs> solid as ever, really. I don't, Ilanga, I think, other than the first 20 minutes, which we've touched on, where we were a bit, a bit below par all the way across the pitch, and we're probably fortunate we didn't go behind with some of the situations we let them into, even though they, mm. I think they only had one shot on target in that time. Other than that, I don't think Alanga caused him any problems at all no. on that side. 
Um, and that was with Kolyosho obviously bombing on ahead of him. We didn't really look exposed um, no. that badly at any point. And um, yeah, it were everything that you'd want from uh, from from Taylor in that performance coming back in. They were, they were chanting his name at the end. Uh, there were some real strong performers across the pitch, but for me, he were um, he were the man of the match. Oh wow, high praise indeed. Um, I, I was going to follow up that with a question of asking you whether or not he now keeps that shirt until the January transfer window. I'm, I'm assuming that's a yes. <laughs> it is for <laughs> Definitely. me. Definitely. Um, on top of that as well, um, Rich, we obviously saw Goodmanson and Brownhill finally make an appearance. It's been a bit of a bit of a strange one with, with Brownhill. I wasn't quite sure why he'd lost his place and why he just didn't seem to feature at all um, in the early part of the season. We've talked privately off air in our chats before we produce each of these shows. And I did question whether company had perhaps used the three opening fixtures as free passes and as an, as an extension of the um, pre-season. You know, they were free hits. We were probably going to lose if we played our best team. So was he perhaps using that to trial different formations and trial different players in different positions um, and looking at the likes of Brownhill and Taylor and going, well, I know you, I know what you can do. I don't need to trial you. I'll just bring you back in when it's done. It's a bit of a Bromley conspiracy theory, but Brownhill again last night just added something extra in that midfield that I feel like we were missing against the first three games. Sides, sorry. Yeah, I personally don't feel like we approached it as free hits. I think we wanted to go into the games winning them. You know, I think company would always do that. And I think he's mm. I, and, and and I wouldn't say they're an extension of like pre-season, if you will. I just think he's tried a formation thinking, you know, it's a Premier League, maybe try something a bit different and it's just not quite worked mm. against some of your better teams. I think you've seen where it could work in in aspects of the games. Um, but ultimately it was a little bit naive. I can understand why Brownell didn't play. Um, against Man City and maybe against Villa, you know, obviously you want to. Burge for me has got a higher ceiling than somebody like Brownhill. And I think he's got more in his locker as a player. But I think every team needs a Brownhill in it, who you know does the hard work, covers them every blade of grass, um, you know, and he and he has got better on the ball. Um, and I think Cullen looked a lot more comfortable being mm. next to Brownhill last night. Definitely. And Cullen's been anonymous in the first three games, and I thought he got on the ball a little bit more. So I think he's got a bit of improvement to do, if I'm being honest. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the Premier League is a Step lot quicker. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, I think Brownhill is one of those players when sometimes when he's playing game after game after game after game, he gets lost a little bit and all of a sudden you take him out of the team and you realise, oh, do you know what, he is an important player for us. Yeah. I think, like, there was an example last season away at Blackpool. He went off with an injury early on. And then we didn't look the same. And then I don't think he played for a couple of games afterwards. And I think we had a spell of drawing away at Rotherham. We may have drew away yes. at Reading, I think. And he, and he is one of those players where you kind of like, you know what? You realise uh, yeah, you realise how important he is when he's not in the team. And, and I thought he did a great job. And like you said, just having Goodmanson in, again, he's maybe not got the flair of you know, a Benson, a Zerubi or even a Trezor, but he just does a really solid job. He's really clever on the ball. When you're under pressure, you can give the ball to his feet. He doesn't give away. So I think having those three in the side, not I, I don't think it's just the personnel. I think it's our setup. You yeah. know, for example, Roberts looked a lot more comfortable on the right. Roberts wasn't going 
pressing silly in silly positions too high up from goal kicks and whatnot. So I think the whole team just looks a lot more structured and balanced. Yeah. But Josh, he still I think had a bit of freedom, didn't he? Did I, I still like this? I, I, it was more of a controlled freedom last night, but it did still have a bit of a wonder in Connor Roberts, and he did get himself. Yeah, he went into midfield and whatnot. It's not yeah. something I'm particularly keen on. I said to Adam last night, I felt there was times when we got the ball out wide. And then because Roberts wasn't out wide, we had to go back into the middle and then recycle yeah. back out to the centre-half a little bit. Again, you understand the logic. You want to overload the midfield. It's not my cup of tea, but that's personal preference. But, um, yeah, just one thing with Brown, I think he's been great for us. But, Jesus, how he keeps getting on those set pieces. He hit his first two, <laughs> his first two corners. He hit straight at the goalie. Yeah. And the second one was when they countered attacked, got a corner, and they should have scored to make it 1-0. From the, from that set piece, and yeah. just like you've got like Gunmanson, you know, or know. Like Tres, you know, get him off him. Come like, on, I don't get me wrong, he didn't take every <laughs> corner, but I just don't understand why he's even on them in the slightest. But that's my only gripe of Brown. I think he's not the complete footballer, but I think we're a better team when he's in it. Yeah, and Bird looked a different player in that more yes. advanced midfield role. Stay with he that. That's where I'm going. Though. Yeah. Stay yeah. with that, Rich, because that's that's what I'm coming on to next. You've already mentioned him, and I want you to expand on that. That is absolutely his role. He was the role that he played in that first couple of games. He was, it just did not work at all. But last night, well, we saw from the from the goal he created anyway. But just the he caused chaos, absolute chaos. Yeah, I mean, he just looked more comfortable. He looked more free. You know, certain players. They, they don't want that defensive responsibility almost about worrying what's going around them. And I think. In with you know we saw we we seen glimpses in the first half against Tottenham or what, and 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 the second half against Villa what Bird can do and when he come on he, he was absolutely superb I think he when he come on we was at a point in the game where he was on the back foot and him coming on and his energy and, and his thrust you know to drive us up the pitch really made a difference we've never had that in in the Premier League a midfielder yeah. who can drive forward and uh, and get behind and get in behind defenses and I think what's really good for us we've got. If Bird, I think Bird will operate in that role. We've got two number tens in Amdouni and Bird, who are very different but very effective. Yeah, you know Amdouni's, you know, more of a link-up player, takes the ball on the half turn, can dribble plus plays. Maybe got more of a goal in him. Where Bird is more somebody who'll play in that ten role, a bit like Lampard used to do for Chelsea, and you know, and really bomb on, getting behind defenses. So I think Bird is one when the game opens up. It'll be a little. It'll be a more of a, you know. We'll be really effective for us when we've got that space to drive into. That doesn't yeah. mean he can't be a starter, but I think it's really nice that we've got two completely different options in that number ten role. Building that squad and building those positions apart exactly. from that. But yeah, we are doing absolutely. Yeah. Um, Adam, then a quick word before we talk on to the 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 main talking points from the game. Um, let's start picking out the goals. I mean, I I'm not sure I've seen. Burnley playing that kind of football for the first for the goal for our goal it's not the first one the first the real goal just Coley O'Shaw that the strength and just the tenacity that he showed on that wing to he refused to let a ball go Foster with the accidental assist which it had to happen for it to go and then Amdouni's goal was just everybody you could feel the shock in the studio from people watching you could the commentators were very much like what 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 is what is like they didn't know how to react to it and this is the kind of football that I wanted us to show the Premier League this season when we talk about the evolution of this side and how this team have 
uh, it's not the side that you last saw in the Premier League. And it was just, it's so exciting. Yeah, and I, th- I said to Rich at halftime, we'd shown so much flair with Kole Osho and, and Amdune, and, and you you can't, you run out of superlatives of how uh, fearless they are um, and just how strong we look on the front foot now that we just, I took a step back and you realise Zaruri's not on the pitch, Benson's mm. not on the pitch, and they were like the biggest creative threats yeah. last season. You talk about us being, we're in, like, we're, we're not a new side again. It's the same brand that we saw last year, but we've we've got even more depth. We've got even more options. Yeah. And I didn't know who I'm doing here or, or Collie or Show were a couple of months ago. And they've just, they fit in straight away. Even when we struggled at the back and obviously been conceding goals, they've been, for me, the bright spark of every yeah. game. And against a team that was, we're going to be able to compete with, they looked a level above, which was really good to see and made me, made me feel um, a lot more positive about it. And and like Rich said, I think JBG, you don't get the creativity, but when we did come back into the game, it just don't give the ball away. And you weren't, no. you weren't getting, which I'm doing, you were going and supporting him. And um, yeah, it's it's a really good balance. I'm, I think we'll obviously come on to what we'll do against Man United with Foster out and, uh, Trezor obviously coming having a good impact, but the options we've got at the top end of the pitch and the first goal, like you said, we don't, we've not scored many goals like that in the Premier League. If probably no goals like that in the Premier League, the technique for to keep that volley down, never mind put it on a sixpence in the corner, just absolutely fantastic. And he'd, he'd done it about five minutes before. Uh, I'm not sure if that run is left or right, but he's, he's so tricky. He can left, do it, was, can it with either yeah. and, and turn it back down and save yeah. it. And, um, and we, well, I, I thought that we were in as soon as he hit the first one. So uh, it was a yeah, real um, joy to see that second one nestled just before half time. It were, uh, and I thought thoroughly deserved at that point for the way we'd come back into the game. We were on the front foot. So yeah, yeah fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, it really was. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, on the other side of the pitch, Rich, we obviously, it was a it was a battle of the world yesterday, two incredible goals. Um, it was disappointing to concede, uh, but it's probably indicative of the improvements that we had made in defence and how much more solid we looked that it did take a strike of that calibre to concede. And I don't think Forrest looked particularly threatening other than that goal either. Um, two questions then. Is there any um, learning points for our defence to try and avoid that or is it just the unavoidable world day? 
And secondly, what do we do in terms of keeping improving that defence to make sure that we do get back to looking as solid as we used to? Because defence is the part of the pitch where we're not as comfortable yet as we are sort of forward midfield. Yeah, I think just going back to what you said about looking more comfortable, um, I think just having just hopefully now moving forward, we can keep that settled back far of, you know, yes. Taylor Roberts, Alda Keel and, and Bayer. I think Bayer grew into the game as he started a bit shaky, grew into the game. Alda Keel was a, you know, and he will be, he was completely, I'm not going to say this in a harsh way, but he, he, he didn't know what he was doing at fullback when he's played there this season. And you look at him at centre-back and he's an absolute Rolls-Royce. Yeah. Um, yeah, the goal was a fantastic strike. I thought Hudson Adai was the best player on the night. Obviously, he's a you know he's a player who was talented with you know with moved to buy. Adam said to me last night, I moved to buy Munich for big money. Obviously, Chelsea being the absolute mess that it is, he's probably been a, a bit of a victim of that. And you know when you watch some of the plays for Chelsea like that Mudrick, who they played all that money for, and that, and you know <laughs> when you watch Hudson Adai, you're kind of thinking, what's going on there? He was he was yeah. really good last night. And listen. If you can see a goal like that, you just hold your hands up and go, good goal, get the ball back on the centre spot and go again. And, and that's exactly what we did last night. I thought we defend, we kind of give Forrest a little bit more space out wide. And, uh, you know, I kind of said, right, you can cross the ball in and we'll try and deal with it. And I thought we did that well. But Trafford didn't have loads to do, but I think he, um, you know, he did look more solid. You know, he he, he, he gathered everything he had to. His, 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 his passing was good. He went long when we had to as, as well. So, yeah, I agree with you, Natalie, there, and, and, a, and a good friend of mine is a Forest fan. And he was kind of saying, I was getting to the point where I didn't think we was going to score. And, yeah. you know, when they scored a world, you know, it's, and, and it's one of them. It, it, it happens, an annoying lead it? for that. Yeah. And, and it's frustrating. And that's the big difference in the Premier League and the Championship. You know, you have those individual moments of quality that can just punish you. Um, so, yeah, it's frustrating. We don't, nobody likes conceding a goal. But at times, you just got to hold your hands up and say, fair play, it was a great strike. And that's obviously why we've traditionally been very much priced out of the market um, for players who can score those goals in the Premier League because we simply can't. Um, that's why they cost the millions and millions that they do because they they can produce moments like that when the rest of the team is struggling. And I think when you look at um, Dooney and you think he was, what, 2.6 million and he is able to produce that skill against some of the sides outside of the, the top powerful size in the division is going to be a huge asset. And this is why we need to be really aware of the strategy that the board and company are deploying in terms of finding these talent early. It might come at a detriment and it takes us a little bit longer to build. It might result in a little bit of a up and down relegation promotion period, but the value that those players will have when they get to full strength and they get to their peak times is, is incredible. Right. Let's do it. Let's rip the sticking plaster off the decision, the first of the two decisions of the night. Incredible assist and strength and skill from Sander Berge to um, put the ball in, to get away from his man, put the ball in for Lyle Foster to break that net. Everybody is saying to us that that was a harsh decision. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, Rich, I guess, what are we looking at for this? It's For it to be, there's, there's various elements to this. There is, was this a deliberate handball? Was there a clear and obvious error that needed to be overlooked? 
was it even in a handball in the first place? I guess taking each of those elements in turn, where do you sit with the controversy? Were we robbed or not? Well, I think all three, the answer to all three is no. I think that's pretty obvious, isn't it? And I think yeah. you read the... I'm always one of them. I'm kind of thinking, rather than what I think, let's, before I try and make an emotional decision, right? What are, what are, the, what are the rules? What are the rule changes on this? You know, it's like the one with Zaruri. People say, no, it's not a yellow, but it is because that's the rule now, yeah. whether you like it or not. The rule this year for handball is that there's got to be a deliberate, there's, there's got to be a deliberate action, you know, to, you know, to handball, you know, they've up, they've up the threshold or, or supposedly. And the noise from the VAR is that the assistant referee has said that it's a deliberate, it's a deliberate action from Burge to hand the ball. And obviously Rob Jones has agreed with it. He, he was always going to agree, you know, the, the little mates in tandem, aren't they? You know, you heard Mike Dean talking about it. he didn't want to, you know, overturn a decision because he didn't want his mate to look bad. Every single person in that ground, every every single person out of that 30,000, including the 22 players on the pitch, thought it was a goal. You could see, by the way, the Forest players lined up. They weren't expecting it all. Even when the VAR review was going on, they were still expecting it. And if football's getting that way, as we're saying, it's, it was such a good game last night. The atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, you know, I had a walk around Nottingham City Centre and around the ground. You're real great evening yeah it really is club. Mm. um you know and, and we're going away and everybody's talking about you know this VAR decision where, where I am with VAR I've said it for a long time I've said it in our WhatsApp group I've said it on Twitter I I do not like it at all if that decision went for us last night you would have gone that's just nonsense yeah. and you've got to when when we're doing these podcasts, we've got and, and Burnley fans. If if we're mourning last night about the decision and rightly so, we've then got to be not biased enough to call it out when a decision goes for us, because there will be a decision that of goes course. for us, and that's what and that's well, what I football, hope so. that's what football fans have got to do. They can't just go, oh, it happened to my team. VAR is great. No, they've got to make a stand for yeah. it. I don't go watching football to wait in a stadium for. A, I'm going to swear here for a bull decision to happen I don't pay I don't drive four hours get home late at night be tired all day in work to have a nonsense decision by clowns who are officiating our game who are making rules up in a studio to ruin the passion of football and that is what's happening at the moment football is for the fans and it's being run at the moment all the way through by people who are ruining the game they're not thinking of the fans they're thinking about greed. They're thinking about money. It's every decision is being is being made to help the big clubs at, at the moment. And I'm not saying Forest are necessarily a big club, and it probably could have gone our way yesterday. But that is ruining football. Yeah, Everybody celebrated that goal. Nobody would have batted an eyelid. This isn't us being biased. VAR is taking the emotion out of football. And what's frustrating me, they're looking for that one millisecond for that one slight click to disallow goals in football now. That's what VAR has, has become. That, it's become a tool to disallow goals. Exactly. And for me, if VAR is going to be in, it should be for the clear and obvious. Foster, red card, bang, get him off. He was silly. Yeah. A clear penalty where somebody chops someone down. Fine. An offside, which is a yard offside and an official miss, then that's fine. But for these decisions where it's just not handball, it's never been handball in the 150-year history of football, and it's not that just it's cost us three points and I'm whinging as a Burnley fan. 
it's ruining football as a spectacle for a lot of people yeah, who is. go and attend the sport live. Well, I've been saying this for a long time. That is the problem. VAR is turning football into a technically perfect televised sport for a global audience. It has no um, desire to help the fan on the ground. It doesn't care about loyalty. It doesn't care about the impact that it has. It just wants to make sure that it is seen to be a technically perfect sport. And I think that the point about being the emphasis now on finding the goals to the rule them out, they are too frightened of allowing a goal that could be criticised, that they are now just defaulting to try and rule every goal out unless it's perfect, unless there's literally absolutely nothing that you can say. And it's just, it's it's having a really bad impact on everything. Um, Adam, I probably should have known that um, Rich would absolutely nail that. Um, I'm not really sure what else you want, but I'm going to give the floor to you as well because it's a, it's a passionate subject. It's one that we all deserve to have a floor to say our piece so i'm going to let you take the floor as well i'm not sure if there's anything else that you can add to that that was a, a spectacular monologue um but what you, you know is there anything that you wanted to add to that no i completely agree with rich there it's it's not a deliberate act if if he's got any understanding of the game it's it's just there's no way that's that's a deliberate handball um and like rich said when when he gets sent to the screen he gets the still of the ball next to his arm and and they don't go against it anyway you hope that they're going to do but um the the one thing i probably would say is as as much as it is it needs sorting out and there is more noise about it now there's been a lot of ex-referees and players on social media today kicking off which will probably just get an apology um at best which isn't great and it might but I think the experience in the ground needs to be made so much better in terms of the communication of it as well. Rich has nailed the main points there, but it's even worse for the fan. We, we, we haven't got a clue. We're sat there just, and you and you just get a little quick image on the screen and then it's gone. There's There's got to be the the comms between the ref and the VAR and a better better fan experience because we, we pay the money to go to the stadium, watch the games, and you just you just it flattened everyone after that in that away end. It were it killed it. And yeah. like you said, it were absolutely. We brilliant. don't have a voice though, Adam. We don't have yeah. a voice. The it's money still a great. Generated. It's still a good point at the end of the day. We'd any point on the road is a good point in the Premier League. But you couldn't help just every few minutes just get a wave of disappointment hit me. What could have been and yeah. what were taken away from us with that? Because like Rich said. You celebrate goals knowing that there could be something, but that goal, you watch that, there's nothing, there's just nothing there. No. Um, I mean, the yeah, irony that's... of this as well is that I'm not entirely sure that the experience for televised fan is any different. I didn't get a ticket for the game last night, so I watched it. I watched it on on um on on, on the TV. And when they said it was a VAR, I'd run around the house, I was absolutely cheering. And then it says it's a VAR review, and I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, what for? The commentators couldn't say what for initially. They were like, mm. We're looking at some infringement here. So then you've got a few minutes, few seconds where you're waiting to know this. You know, they're looking for a handball. Then they do some replays. And we were sat watching on television going, oh, no, this is fine. This is going to be a given. We, and when they turned around and sent it to the monitor, we were genuinely like, are you kidding me? Like, no. And clear and obvious do not exist anymore, does it? That's not clear an and obvious. It's an, I, I'm sick of hearing that. And if people say that to us, I'm just going to push back on it because it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think as well, so yes, yeah, so I think that's the irony of it. They're trying to 
make this technically perfect game but the experience isn't there for the televised fan either and if it's if they are the audience that they are trying to um impress with this ridiculous set of rules and i'm not entirely sure that we're going to you know that they're going to achieve that anyway um I mean, yeah i'm the same as you adam like today i've just been very frustrated and kind of gone oh you know this, this is so annoying um that that would happen and plus as well you, you mentioned earlier about uh, one of you did a apologies comment which one it was about um a slightly neutral position for Forest because they got bonus points against Chelsea, whereas they dropped points against us, so it's evened itself out. Actually, it doesn't. It, it's much more important than that. Um, getting three bonus points off a side you're not expected to win isn't the same as losing three points against a side that you're competing with at the bottom. Because if you win that game, you're also you're removing their points from it. So us beating Forest last night has a much greater impact than just getting a bonus point. It's really, really important in terms of the balance um, of the goals and the balance of points and the games left to play at the bottom of, of the league. So we do need to be mindful of that just to add to that frustration. So moving on then to the second VAR ruling that went against us last night. This one is a little less controversial uh, and is more a consideration about potentially the discipline in our side. Of course, a red card for Lyle Foster, who um, ended up giving quite a meaty elbow into the Forest um, defender's chest. Um, I don't really think we can have... And going back to your point, Rich, what we were talking about, we can't really have any complaints about that one. Um, I'm not really sure what he was thinking or how he thought he was going to get away with that, but um, pretty um, uncontroversial red card in the end, that one. Yeah, I think it was just purely down to frustration from the goal being disallowed. You know, it worked. You think so? Yeah, 100%. You know, players are human beings. You know, we forget that. The human beings have the same emotions, the same up, ups and downs as us. Uh, you know, Foster comes across quite a mild character, but I think to be a professional footballer at that level, you know, possibly where he's come from too in his background, you've got to have a bit of fire in his belly. And me and Adam were saying he was playing against like Warwell and McKenna and he, you know, he held the ball up well, he fought all game. And for me, you know, he was being tugged as well in the build up to that, you know, and he's just got frustrated. He's got the better of him and he's, and he's giving one. And he, not that I'm condoning it, by the way, you shouldn't do it, especially at that level. You know, he's you know we're going to miss him now for two league games, one cup game. You know, we'll really miss him in league games, especially. And you know, it, you know, he's a bit. Matson did something a little bit similar against Blackpool last season. Obviously, Foster's a little bit older, but you've just got to learn from these things and can understand why he's done it. Uh, but he shouldn't have done it. And you know what? If you're going to give someone an elbow, at least do it properly. Yeah. Himself, <laughs> yeah, don't get banned for a really it, stupid not decision. He's banged, he's done it. But listen, I, I don't like VAR, would I? As I mentioned before, I wouldn't have it in the game. But, you know, for decisions like that, that's that's where it does come in handy because that's the difficult. Did miss it. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not, it's half, the kind of the play's gone a little bit, hasn't it? So the officials, it's, you know, unless they've got eyes in the back of the head, they're not going to stop that one. So I think everyone's on board. Use VAR for that. But when you're using it for nonsense decisions like that, and ball and ruling, trying to find everything, you know, trying to find every reason to rule a goal out, that, that that's where it's not used correctly, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it does leave us with a little bit of a frustrating dilemma, Adam, in that our probably most informed player at the moment is now going to be out for three games. Um, he's going to miss United, Chelsea and Luton, especially is particularly frustrating. Um, you know, he you won't miss have... Luton. Oh, no, wow. he won't. Yeah. Why? He's played so in the cup. 
Oh, excellent. Oh, I didn't even realise this. So, of course. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, that's great then. So, just misses United and Chelsea, so that's fine. But still, um, now is it a real... I think, yeah. <laughs> is it... Sorry, it's, yeah, it's United and Newcastle. Oh, do we play United, Newcastle, Luton, then Chelsea? Sorry, I got my fixtures the wrong way around. Okay. Yeah. But even so, the... <laughs> that was a really great segment it's like you know what listeners it's gonna miss a few games i don't know what they are but you know we'll analyze it anyway why not um but certainly in terms of the get the, out of the tough fixtures that we had in the early part of the season these were two which is a really great time to play them united and newcastle are not playing well in these early stages of the season and we would have wanted our strongest players particularly a striker in form to play there We've not got him. Nothing we can do about that now. So in that sense, what do you do with the forward line? How do you deal with this, Adam? Uh, I think there's, well, I think there's two ways that you can do it, but companies' mind works a lot more, uh, well, in many different ways to mine. I've, I've fed up, well, not fed up, but I've, I don't often get it right. So <laughs> I think you you either put, um, it could maybe step forward, um, we've signed him, he's got five goals in five games for Switzerland, he's already shown that he can score goals for us in the two goals at Forest, the £15 million man he should be able to, to do the business um, and that's probably what I'd do and it allows you to then bring Burge into the side in, in the number 10 role um, and and maybe get the best of both, but you, yeah, we're going to miss Foster massively, he's got better and better and on, like Rich said, he I, think, I couldn't fault anything in his game the other night. It was so sharp all the way through. He, he, he didn't even get, he didn't tire. The last 20 minutes, his touch was still impeccable. And we've said it a few times on, on the show this season, completely different player. And I think he'll be more disappointed than than anyone else um, that he's now going to obviously lose that momentum. He'll come back in for, uh, for the Luton and the Chelsea games. But... Um, yeah, you just hope he can pick up where he's left off on the pitch. I don't think they'll have to tell him anything. He'll know what he's done wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, learn from it and do it again. I think the other option is obviously bring bring Jay in and and stick with what we've been doing, um, and hope that he can um, he can reach those those levels. Um, we know he's he's got he's he's got it in him. Um, especially if it's um, if he's got a point to prove, he's coming and done that at the beginning of last season. Um, but for me, I would bring Burge in and move Amdouni forward. I don't know if there's yeah. any other options that you can think of. Is your, your tactical yeah, brain like do it somewhere else? Yeah, I think um, quite similar. Um, it's it's one of them, though. Obviously, Burge was superb coming off the bench. Is that going to be his best, you know, when the game opens up to maybe bring Burge off the bench? Um, you know, do you bring Trezor in? I do bring Jay in, but no, overall, I do agree with Adam. I think the way Burge played the other night, I think he deserves a start. And it's, I'm doing his, you know, number nine, number 10. I think he can play both. So I just think you push him on. Just disappointing for Foster, really, because, you know, it might not come quite back the same. You don't know. He might take a couple of days to get that start. I hope so. Listen, I, I'm not being negative. It just, you just don't know these things. And, you know, I think it's just that first, you know, Foster should. You know, it should be like three goals, three Premier League goals in four games. You know, two is amazing, but, you know, it should be three and four. And, yeah, it's, it's a disappointing one. Like, I can't remember seeing a player in my time watching Burnley turn it around like him. No, me neither. Looking like... Well, like Jen, not like, the same person. Just, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> do you know what? This is where a company knows more than anybody else. He knows more than us. He knows more about peace. He watched it in the documentary with a mission to Burnley. 
Foster last season looked like a part footballer, didn't he? He wouldn't have looked out of place playing in the Wigan Amateur League. And now he looks like one of the best strikers in the Premier League. Like he looks he actually looks a different person. It does. Like it looks you know, physically different. His face yeah, shape you know, different. You know, he's been on a imposter. like I said, he's you know, he looks like he's been on a you know, he's definitely been in the gym a little bit and you know, give me some of what he's having anyway at the moment definitely. to bulk up that quickly. <laughs> yeah, what a shame. Um, what a shame. Okay, yeah, no, well, but, Go on, carry on. No, i just say, no, he's been fantastic. So it's just a shame that he's out. But again, it gives opportunities for, you know, for Burge to stake, a, you know, to stake his own claim, doesn't he, in that position? Or, yeah. or Rodriguez or Trezor to come into the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, round us up then, Adam. Um, we are off the mark. It's a point on the board. It's a valuable away point against um, what may very well be a rival towards the bottom of the table. How are you feeling now um, we've got that point and how do you feel about the, our chances for the rest of the season? Still confident. Um, probably did start to wane slightly after the third uh, hammering that we had in a row. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it just brought so much optimism watching watching that performance last night. Um, corrected a lot of the errors. Um, I'm Rich, sitting next to Rich, really made me see some of the tactical side of the game. Obviously, he mentions it on here quite a yeah, lot, but you really great, got the, the commentary straight away around about the, the back, back line being 10 yards further back and uh, talking about the positions of the full-backs. But it just, it just looked so much more settled. Um, and whether we stick to that, I'm sure we'll exper experiment at times. But, yeah, I'm, I'm back to where I was at the start of the season now, um, looking forward to the games and the challenges. Uh, the weekend, you've already mentioned that Manchester United and Newcastle could be vulnerable. Um, I hope we don't go too gung-ho like we have in, in some of the earlier games, but um, I think he's always learning his, um, his company and, and, yeah, really looking forward to the next, next run of games. And it actually comes a bit thick and fast, uh, which we were used to last season and it's felt a bit, obviously, waiting for games to come round this year, especially with the postponement. Yeah, it's uh, but we can really get stuck into it this year before and hopefully get get some more points on the ball before our fixtures do turn a bit from, um, I think it's after we play Chelsea, it's Bournemouth and there's a few, there's a few games that you'd expect us to compete well on and um, well in, sorry. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, back to being uh, optimistic self after being miserable for a month or so. Bless you. What a good ending. Okay, well, that is all we've got time for, listeners. Um, we have um, been through that Forest game and we're feeling optimistic here at None and Ever HQ. We'll be back this weekend with the previous show, looking ahead to that Saturday night fixture at home against United, uh, which will hopefully see the Clarets... Um, turn it into their first three points of the season we live in hope um if you are watching this on youtube please do click that subscribe button and turn on notifications to be kept updated when a new show drops it does help us build the channel and is much appreciated those of you who are listening through the podcast again do click on subscribe from your usual uh, podcast provider and never miss an episode um in the meantime if you've got any comments suggestions queries you know how to get in touch with us you can drop us a line at podcast at knownandever.net or you can contact us through your social media channels i've been natalie bromley this has been the known and never podcast until next time the known and never podcast is brought to you in association with the talk sport fan network our host and editor is natalie bromley and the show is produced by matt moss our resident statistician is dave roberts and our fpl expert is adam dennett 
The analysis your team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonenever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.